Hey guys, welcome back to Business Blues and Booze. I'm Jordan. I'm Lewis. And special guest Ben. Hey. <laughs> and we're back again. So we, um, our previous episode on uh, May 19th, uh, that was a summary and this is the analysis, the more in-depth of that episode. So, um, so starting off, we kind of talked about streaming and some of the streaming services. And this is something that Lewis and I have spent quite a lot of time on um this is our first yeah, episode years on it seems like it. yeah and i think it will always be relevant at this point mm -hmm. it was crazy to think of a time where yeah. you know netflix was you know cr it was crazy that they would like mail a dvd to your house you know that was how it started that was crazy now look at it now like where we are you know cable is like why would now you if they mail you a dvd you have to quarantine the dvd for a day and you can't <laughs> watch it so if you get a one night rental you're not gonna be able to get it back in time you can't <laughs> but that was i remember that and that was like crazy and, you, and they upped it to you could have like two movies sent to you a week and it was like what it was crazy that was a good deal it was it was the best back then and now it's like you can have live tv on your phone you know it's like what like this is a crazy world we live in um yeah. so kind of with streaming you know we're seeing a lot of stuff that it's not reinventing the wheel but everybody's just kind of getting a little more privatized in their deals so we're seeing like you know peacock and hbo so hbo's mm -hmm. been around forever you know they were like the first really big movie maker um they stand for home box office um so they're launching hbo max and that's launching on may 27th and um you know that's that they're not doing live tv which is pretty surprising hbo is owned by at&t which owns uh what is it warner media right yeah they have oh they own so much we've yeah, talked they have, about like, that before. they have everything pretty much but they yeah. so at&t has warner media who owns hbo but no one likes them it's true <laughs> no one likes them <laughs> they, i think we've talked about how they have four they have four streaming plans and now they have three they have two or three different types of cable plans <laughs> they yeah. have like i think they got rid of one of these so they have six plans you could subscribe to them with right now which sounds good because you could, in theory, you would have more flexibility. In but reality, it's bad because they're all confusing. And they all aren't much different. So you can have a lot of difference in terms of what access you have. So you could have access to just cable. You could have access to just digital or both. But you're pretty much paying. It's overpriced no matter where you, how you look at it. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm sure they'll, they'll figure it out. And I... I just, I can't believe it's come to this. I remember even when we first started this podcast, you know, we were like, it's, it, I can't believe, you know, this is going to just be how things are from now on. And I think it's only going to yeah. get worse, but we might actually so see a la carte. back eventually. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the good thing with HBO Max, which I appreciate is it is more all inclusive. It's a service that is one company. This is everything we have to offer on demand. Here yeah. you go. For the same price that, HBO now used to be, which was just HBO stuff. So this is using the HBO name to bring you back in. It's the exact, you get everything that was already the same. Plus mm -hmm. they're giving you their entire on-demand library in addition to what they were giving you for the exact same price. You're right. You know, it's, it's not, it's not too bad of a deal. This, this specific service is a good deal. And also that's the same deal with Peacock though. Peacock is, is kind of revolutionizing that. Well, as no, well. no, 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 no. <laughs> That's different to me because they don't have enough content. It's, they've already had all of their content on other providers for years, and it's not been an issue. 
But the thing with HBO, like AT&T owns HBO, they own Warner Media. Those have had their own services, but then they're combining them. So they're, they're, they're moving in the right direction versus NBC is moving in the wrong direction. They're like, oh, we're just going to only have our shows. And the freemium model that you alluded to in the summary, that only has the old stuff. You cannot watch any new content with the freemium. So there's really exactly no point. What I was about to talk about. I was about to say. Yeah, there's really no exactly point in having that. <laughs> well, it's not. There's no point. I mean, think about it. It's a very addiction. minimal point. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it's an interesting look, and I think it's something that. I mean, if you look at it like Pandora, that used to be how it was. Hulu used to be that way. It was free, but you had ads. That was just how it was. Mm-hmm. And that was. And awesome. you know what should be like that is Quibi. And we'll get to that, but that would be my suggestion for them. That would be a good that you could pay, and you that you could pay like Hulu for no ads. Well, just more like, like Spotify. It would be more like Spotify. All right, whatever. But YouTube does that too. <laughs> well, I'm saying Spotify has the three tiers where you can go free with ads, and then you can do like a five dollar one. That's always how it used to be. There's a five dollar one which had. Um, it had no ads or limited ads. And then there was the premium, which had no ads and you got like high quality music. They just have the two now. They have the free and they have the $10 for the no ad. Which is probably better, but yeah. Cause, but then Peacock is doing the intermittent $5. We kind of have ads and um, <laughs> you can watch, you can download. I think you can download the content. Actually, maybe not. It might be ads with the new content. Mm. And then the ten dollar is no ads, no ads, new content. That really, I have I have Hulu Live TV among mm-hmm. many other streaming stuff, and that pisses me off to no end. That I'm paying around fifty dollars a month, and I fifty five. No, I think it's still fifty. YouTube TV is fifty five. They're yeah. around. They're around fifty fifty five. Well, I don't. I don't. No, know. But I I know. I know what they are. I look at this every day because I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you invest in this service because i hate which cable. one oh Hulu? well no if it costs you more than you get out of it then why continue to do it because have because honestly because of the sports and obviously right now that's kind of ridiculous but that well, was what why. is your complaint with the ads i want to know more what you were trying to say about the ads for hulu live tv let's Let's just go all in. I, like I want to know. I want to because well, I, I was thinking about getting it when I moved by, by myself. I so I love Hulu Live TV, but I think YouTube TV had a really good deal in terms of each. So this is I'll try and keep it as fast as I can. So YouTube TV, we we had used it before, and you could have multiple users, and each user had their own zip code. And then so if you wanted, I'm just going to base this off of sports. So if you wanted to watch sports that were in Columbus or you wanted to watch sports that were in Minnesota, you could, everybody could watch their stuff depending on the user, not on the overall account. Hulu has only one account. So if you're in Columbus, you Mm -hmm. only have Columbus sports. So that's true. That was YouTube TV is the best one, but I already have Hulu. So if I were to ever get live TV streaming, I would probably get Hulu TV. If, if YouTube could just upgrade and have more content like Hulu, Hulu would, Hulu would be done, seriously. Because Netflix is, has yeah. really good Netflix originals. Then, you know, YouTube can't compete. Netflix and YouTube. Ooh, that could be something. Well, are you talking about merging? Just anything. <laughs> <laughs> just 
<laughs> but I mean, theoretically, that's those, they're both of them are the best of what they do, but they're both missing the other aspect to be the number one. This is true. This is true. But Netflix, I don't think Netflix would want to be, if they wanted live TV, they should have been the first one because they had it. They, they didn't. They were always, they were always the counter to cable. That was their thing. What's more counter to cable TV than saying, ditch your cable box, ditch all the movies, all the on demand, get our service, and you can have live TV. That would have been the smartest thing they would. They had so much market share. They might not have completely yeah. Well, they were anti live TV, unfortunately, which is the wrong way to go. The right way to go is what Hulu did, which is here's all the on demand, but also here's all the live TV sports that you want. So actually, you don't have to pay anybody but us. So just pay us for everything. Just pay us. It's us. <laughs> and who's really getting That's... paid? Who's really getting paid with Hulu? It's Disney. Yeah. Which we'll cycle into that. Disney Plus. So disappointed. I will not be renewing that. Yeah, I'm re-unsubscribing. This is my second time. I resubscribed just to watch um, the Clone Wars TV show, and I was like, that's it. I'm good. So they, I'm, it's like Apple TV. Like They're good additional, but even for additionals, they are so yeah. lacking in terms of the content that they have. It's bad. I mean, Onward, I've watched – here's the thing. In one week of a pandemic, you could watch – all of the good shows, which is only five or six new good movies or shows on Disney Plus. And this is only saying yeah. you have an hour, two hours a night, which most people do. They watch a movie a day. And you're, you're pretty much done with it. You could, you could watch all of the good stuff on Disney Plus in one month. It is worth it for one month. But then it's not yeah. worth it anymore. It's not worth the yearly subscription. It's not mm-hmm. worth that ESPN Plus, um, Hulu, and... Um, yeah. And Disney Plus, all in one. That that subscription, totally bogus. Yeah. ESPN Plus. And is I open. watched I watched UFC Fight Night on the ESPN Plus the other day, and that was good. Yeah, but that's the only thing that ESPN really has going for. I had ESPN Plus yeah. as well, and I canceled it when this whole pandemic and stuff happened. I canceled it, and I got it back because I missed sports, and I was like, "There's a sport happening. I got it. I'll pay five dollars." I watched NASCAR, <laughs> dude. I was like, NASCAR, woo! <laughs> oh, oh, and then this is. I want to talk about this. So there's something called I think it's Pella's marble run pell something really close to that i'm gonna make sure that's right oh it doesn't say it oh no come on let's move on no no this is really important i want everyone to know about this why is it not popping uh, up oh man you're, while you're trying to find it as world chase tag on youtube it is the most intense sport ever um, you've got two teams, most of these national teams, and they compete head to head in a game of tag. Um, yes, a miniature playground. That is an intense sport. That is ridiculous. Tag, look it up. You could watch that for hours. You just so, want nothing more than to play after you watch that. World chase tag. Gel's marble run is the YouTube channel that posts new marble racing videos every Saturday. And they have a tournament every June. And John Oliver's uh, show last week tonight is now the sponsor. They saved them from losing their spot, like from not being able to run it because of no money. So they're paying for the event. They're the main sponsor for the marble run in June. And that's like, what else are you going to watch in sports this summer? Baseball is at least a month or two months away from starting if they're even going to start. And even then, it's, we might not get NBA or NHL at all. Although so, soccer, soccer has started back up in, in Bundesliga. Which Bundesliga. Is- but, but 
they've already had several confirmed cases of COVID. And one of the coaches actually got quarantined from his team because he ran out to get toothpaste at a local mart. So they've already, they're already having logistical problems with keeping people together and keeping teams together without getting infected. Have you, it's have not you doable watched, right now. Have you guys watched the E Premier League? Like where they play FIFA? It's like two guys playing FIFA together? No. Have you been? I watched all of I would never watch that. And I was just as disappointed as I was <laughs> by hearing the idea that they were going to play video games. And This is it what it is. You're, wa- you're watching a screen and you're watching two guys sitting like this. Yeah, it's honestly – It's ridiculous. There's nothing worse than watching people play sports games. That's probably the worst thing I've uh, ever seen. False. I, <laughs> I watched a, a very small fraction of the NBA horse tournament that was on ESPN, I believe, late March, maybe early April. That was the worst thing of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Well, that's my point. Any, any video game sport where the professional athletes are streaming, I would rather paint my house. And you watch it dry. Million dollar athletes recording on potatoes to shoot a three pointer from the corner, and they're not even in the shot. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> I agree. I mean, that's not the way to go. ESPN didn't figure it out, but you know, we'll see. They're trying to do the more UFC stuff because Dana White doesn't care if people get corona or not. Pretty much. You no, know, Dana time. White bought an island for this. It's called Fight Island. What in the <laughs> world? Yeah. This guy, like, he, he doesn't care at all. I mean, he's at least he's at least kind of doing the uh, social distancing thing, but he's like, "Now nah, we're gonna wrestle. <laughs> we're gonna we're yeah, gonna we're do gonna... we're gonna punch each other. Yeah, we're doing this still." <laughs> so I'm interested when when World Chase Tag comes out with their social distancing version, which is basically you're tagged as soon as you're within a six foot vicinity of the person trying to tag you. Uh, I feel like a lot of cheap stuff six come out of that. still it after zero than four feet. So some um some rest we'll we'll cover this more in coronavirus, but some restaurants in France are putting hats on on their customers. So it's a hat that it's a pool noodle that goes three feet in every direction. And the other person have, has a pool noodle that's three feet in either direction. So if your pool noodles hit, get out. Like <laughs> they should have done giant croissants. What a missed opportunity. Then I'm telling you, man, marketing. <laughs> so creative. You could have had that. Man. Marketing, public health, double major. Love it. Well, I've considered an MBA for quite some time now, but. Uh, we, have you? Yeah. MBA after, after med school? Yeah, yeah, more later. Yeah. So I, one of my uh, mentors is this guy I've met a couple times actually and he was an oncologist and palliative care physician with ties to hematology which is pretty much exactly what I want to go into um, and he recently left the field of medicine after getting his MBA on the side and now he's going to go tackle big pharma with his own oh. pharmaceutical company so um, yeah we'll, we'll see I might be just a junior version of him Sounds okay. cool. I mean, ta- Big Pharma is this is actually a really good segue into Amazon, but Big Pharma is just it's scary. It really is scary seeing some of these companies like Bayer, B A Y E R. They are a scary company, dude. I mean, their their foot is in so many things like I don't I don't like that. You know, like I don't like when a company is so diverse that it's like how can that not cross contaminate? You know, like buyer is in, they make stuff like, um, oh, what's the medication? 
They make like back pain medication. They make um, they, they make a bunch of stuff. They make stuff. Do like, you mean conflict of interest, or do you literally mean contamination? Both, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I just don't like the fact that they also have like I think they're invested in weed killers. You know, like Roundup and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. Not exactly. I think uh, Roundup is. Monsanto. I like Roundup. I think Roundup is Monsanto. <laughs> I hope you're kidding. I mean, to, to Jordan's point, though, I mean, there's, there's not really a way around this. And, and Bayer's recent scandal has been more with the opioid concerns. Oh, yeah. And things get very crazy because there's no other way of looking at it than these companies, plain and simple, are the biggest drug dealers in the world. Um, and I think that's what makes... They're legal. That's the scary part. They can. They can yeah. do this. And that's what makes Amazon yeah. Care very, very scary in my eyes. And, and Amazon Care recently came out this week. They're basically sending drones and helicopter pilots to places in Seattle and other locally sourced of where their companies are having outbreaks. And what they're doing is basically providing uh, online clinical care. So you could FaceTime or Skype a physician or somebody that would be able to treat you. And this is called telemedicine. And it's been certainly on the rise, especially as a byproduct due to uh, coronavirus. But where this is really scary is that you can talk to these spokespeople in interviews about their company and they sell it exactly like it's a product that's going to go mainstream. It's as if they use their own employees almost as guinea pigs for the service while they can announce to the public, yeah, this is what we're doing because we're really nice to our own employees. This is the kind of care we give them. Meanwhile, they're stepping in the realm of telemedicine and nobody's able to bat an eye because they're selling it like they're doing a great service to everyone, which is the same, a paralleled concern to what Jordan brings up in his point about buyer. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it is, it is pretty, pretty freaky. And Amazon, I mean, as I, I said in the beginning, there was a major concern of Amazon going into healthcare. Because also Amazon, now this is where it would get tricky because they probably would not launch internationally, but Amazon is an international company. So yeah. if they're offering a service, is it possible that they would offer international healthcare? Probably not. But within the United States, healthcare is, it's very, it's very volatile. Well, it's they wouldn't need to because other countries have uh, healthcare systems where you don't necessarily need private insurance. I mean, there's a couple other countries that have private but like Britain has national, like national healthcare, like their doctors mm -hmm. are government agents. Mm -hmm. Canada has single payer, which actually could operate there still. I don't think that would be, that probably wouldn't be something Amazon would want to do. Probably not, but they could. That's my point. Is that this, at this point, I didn't necessarily do what Amazon is doing, but this was, excuse me, this is a major concern in terms of Amazon going into healthcare, is that they are a company who does not have people's best interests in mind. They are a purely profit-seeking company, as all companies are. They are all, that yeah. is, they're in the business of- Well, the argument money. is that by, by companies seeking profit, that is how they keep everyone's interest in mind. The, the economic theory is that everyone acting in their own self-interest will benefit the economy as a whole. That's the argument for, for profit-seeking companies to handle these, that solely handle something like this. Okay. But I don't. I see that working in other sectors. I don't see that working in the healthcare sector. And that's the debate. That is the entire debate that honestly gets into the argument of is healthcare a right? Should it be the same 
as another service. And that's a whole nother can of worms to open. If you want to talk about it, we can, but that'd probably be its own episode. Um, I, think, I think, I think we should save that for our, our political uh, segment coming soon. Yeah. To parallel these, these two things that we talked about in terms of streaming though, with telemedicine is the fact that they are very similar. The idea when Netflix and Blockbuster came out, you know, just over a decade now and said, Hey, we will send this stuff to your house for free or for a very small price is exactly where healthcare could be going, especially amidst this pandemic. And people like CVS have come in on this coupling CVS, you know, of course, last September coupled with UPS to basically send drones to deliver people's medications directly to their doorsteps. So we talk about the fact that healthcare may not be the appropriate sector for, for being digitalized, but the fact of the matter is that I think it's already heading in that direction. So it's certainly a possibility. And Corona's making it already, it's kind of forcing the hand. Correct. Hey, we've, we've talked about this. We talked about it in supply chain. We've talked about it now in, in a bunch of different things. The economy, maybe not, maybe not immediately. When, when stores open again, I don't think you're going to see robots everywhere. But I think within the next five years, this is going to start a fire under businesses' bottoms that has never been seen before. These companies will never be the same. Look yeah. at Twitter. Twitter is now, because of this pandemic, they are completely virtual. Absolutely virtual. They have told them that they are shutting down their offices. They're basically going to only have conference centers. And that's mm-hmm. where we see companies like WeWork. WeWork has the best opportunity. If they can find a safe way to have a meeting place, and it doesn't have to be WeWork, but a company like WeWork, just a communal place yeah. where companies can go and meet. Think about that. You don't, um, Microsoft is looking at the same type of deal. So if you want to work for them, you could be in Oklahoma. You could be in New York City. You don't have to be out in Silicon Valley where you can barely afford rent. The company benefits because they're not paying the property the, the, for the property. They also don't have to pay you more money. They can pay you based on your environment. So if you're in Oklahoma, you might have a lower rate than if you're in New York City where you have to pay for an apartment. So that's actually bringing you know, the, um, the employers out of cities. And into areas of lower costs, which is basically de- it's basically making people less social, which I mean, that's how all this is going. But we see a company like Twitter. So they're saying, you can work from home. We don't care where you work, right? So from that, if they need to meet and you are in New York City, you could go into a WeWork and you know, all of you who work in New York could come together and meet in that conference center. Or if you do a call with the CEO and the CFO, maybe you might not be in the same state. That, that, this is opening a major section for other companies to just completely benefit. And it is going to be digitalized. If you came out 20 years ago, you know, well, I guess more than 20 years ago, if in, in the you know, mid nineties, if you were like, Hey, you know, you can go to a center, but it's not your company, but you can go in there and that's going to be where you can work all day. And there's going to be services that are paid for. And then you get to leave whenever you want and you don't ever have to come back. Or if you want, you can fly to another city and go to the same type of location there. You would have been like, that's impossible, but it's here. And it's the same thing is yeah. happening with healthcare. All this stuff where we're like, that can't happen. There's no way. The reality of it is that these companies are so big. They are absolutely, they're going to find a way. Amazon is going to find, if they want to get in healthcare, they're going to be in healthcare. And just like everything else, I mean, eBay, who thought eBay would not do great? You know, Facebook marketplace has taken them down. Amazon is literally bleeding them dry. Yeah. Amazon is, 
I don't even, I, I said they were a behemoth in the, in the prior episode and I've probably prefaced it here. I think they're a parasite. A little bit in this. A parasite? Sense. Yes. And I don't mean that. You want to elaborate? <laughs> well, I just mean in, in the fact that they, they do not necessarily have, they don't, it, it, what I was prefacing before, they don't have the interest of the customer or the environment in mind, you know? And this is where it gets confusing because Amazon is. Well, like, are you saying that? Well, look, look at the. Okay, let's. I warrant you that, but are you saying it just because they're a profit seeking company or is it specifically Amazon based on they did this? They've done this. Like, are you citing actual things that have happened or are you just saying because they naturally seek profit? No. Therefore, every, every, they don't have our interest in mind. Every company sees this that they're too big to lose. That, that is one of the problems as well, is that Jeff Bezos is now one of the richest people in the world. Amazon is one of the richest companies in the world. You know, yeah. That's a scary thing. It's scary to have that much money and that much power in one company. You, know, you look at a guy like Jeff Bezos, he has Amazon, and he also has, he's in media. You know what I mean? So I'm not, this mm -hmm. is in no way political. I'm just saying it's scary to see kind of how, how much power is within one company and one person. Yeah. That is a little bit scary. And I kind of mean more in terms of the coronavirus. And that is where my opinion of, of Amazon has, has changed. Because if you look at some of the media, and some of the media is biased, and this might not be how everyone agrees, and that's okay. But in my personal opinion, I don't like how Amazon has handled the virus. You know, and I think, I, I think that they've let a lot of things slide by. And I think that they might be, they might have a different goal in mind in terms of they're not investing too much because they're focusing on incorporating robots faster now, you know, so they're not really too concerned about this pandemic because they might be more focusing on a transition of their warehousing or whatever it might be. But I, since this pandemic, they've, a lot of workers of Amazon have died and I don't really mind too much about you know, how they run as a company. I think that they are profit seeking and I wish they cared more about some certain things, but in terms of this, their workers, that's how I judge a lot of companies is how do they care for their workers? Because if they can care for their workers who they're paying, then they're going to care a lot more for their customers, you know, who are going to be paying that company, you know, does that make sense? So this is, I guess, uh, this took a little more time than we planned, but Ben, I'm going to give you the floor for the rest of the time. I want to hear, kind of what you think, how you feel about the coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and just to kind of conclude that, I think basically Amazon has an agenda where they're able to exploit the weaknesses of their consumers and of their employees due to the epidemic. And I think that that's really where we all need to group together as people is identify those weaknesses and learn where to grow from there rather than having those weaknesses be exploited. Mm -hmm. um, so really what I hope to talk about in terms of the coronavirus pandemic is sort of trying to fight this misconception that has been portrayed by the media and in some ways by the government in terms of flattening the curve. Um, and really this misconception ultimately comes down to people believe that if we were able to flatten the, the curve, the pandemic would be over. Um, but that mentality was too simplistic and is not true in terms of the epidemiology and public health science that goes behind this. Uh, flattening the curve was meant to, of course, mitigate the spread of the virus um, by reducing human-to-human uh, -human contact and, of course, granting more time to develop effective treatments, uh, mechanisms for reopening, and, of course, uh, potentially creating working vaccine. 
So really, I want to talk about where we're at in the stages of those things. We've been in lockdown for almost two months. And is there any hope out there? And I think there's no better place to start than what's been going on in the news recently with President Trump and his take on hydroxychloroquine, which is uh, an FDA-approved medication for malaria, lupus, and rheumatoid arthritis. And he had sort of been treating this initially as a, a sort of cure to the coronavirus. And it had been tested in a study specifically by the Veterans Affair. And the, the fact of the matter is that Trump's take on this was incorrect, unfortunately. And there was a combined treatment study of hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, which is a pretty common antibiotic prescribed. Um, and that dual combination treatment actually significantly increased the risk of severely ill patients to suffer from cardiac arrest and ultimately die of heart attacks, strokes, and other cardiovascular related issues. So what I mean to say by that is the message that the media and the government is giving does not always parallel what the science is behind it. And that's been a problem of public health for a very, very long time. But it's just something that we need to consider is where we get our news from and stuff like that ultimately. So that way we can be on the same page and be unified in our approach. So to move on from treatment, really I wanna talk now about vaccination efforts. And perhaps you guys have a little bit more to say on a company known as Moderna. And Moderna stock has absolutely skyrocketed over the past yeah. weeks, this week in particular. Um, and the, what they've basically said is that they're gonna create a vaccine for this and they're gonna do it, do it very effectively. And what this means is that they would be transitioning away from antibody tests, which have been all the rage. Yeah, that's all you hear is the antibody testing. That's going to be the cure. Correct. And the reason for antibody tests and why they're so successful is that it's a direct correlation to how well a patient is responding to the coronavirus itself. And what happens is that it takes two weeks, sometimes three weeks for a patient to mount what's known as an adaptive immune response with T cells and B cells, which is all the immunology rage, right? Mm -hmm. Can you go real quick and just clarify what are T cells and what are B cells? So T cells are basically, uh, I mean, this is going to be a, a very, very broad generalization. So B cells are your type of cells that are the ones that actually produce antibodies. And T cells are the ones that are meant to respond to those antibodies and actually do the fighting. So in essence, B cells are sort of like your army scouts, whereas T cells are sort of your killer cells. And that's a very, very broad generalization. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, of course. But basically, both of those facets, those types of cells, B cells and T cells, are known as the adaptive immune response. And it takes quite some time for your immune system to recognize the pathogen, in this case, the, the coronavirus proteins, and actually respond to them. So you have to, it's a very specific event, right, that you have to produce antibodies that are actually going to be able to kill these uh sorry, proteins of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that this is why antibody tests work. Because when we have a patient that's, a, that's mounted this immune response, we could then take that patient's plasma and transfect it into another individual that has the same blood type and other various factors, of course, to match that patient. And then they would have the antibodies as well. Now, the thing with this is that that amount of antibody can sometimes vary person to person 
person, and that can ultimately change the effectiveness. Now, why Moderna has been so successful is because sometimes that their vaccines are seeing higher levels of antibodies than this convalescent plasma, which is just the plasma that has the antibodies in it. Mm-hmm. So this could be something for the future. If if you're into stocks, it might be a little bit too late to invest in Moderna, but that's yeah. certainly something. Well, I would like to say, since you've invited that opinion, um, today they're down 9%. However, past three months, the stock price has risen 279%. Whoa! So, yeah, it's it, it's a boom because of this. So they've been talking about this since Corona's come out. And then today there was a CNN article. Um, and it's basically they have the early results and that people are developing antibodies against the virus. That's what the trial showed. Hmm. So they're making actual progress. Ironically, I don't actually know what the reason of the stock falling today is. Um, I mean, there's still another company that they still have losses in earnings. Like they they lose money per share still because they're a newer company. That's just kind of how it happens at first. As you, you have your revenue, but then your costs exceed your revenue for X amount of years. Tesla recently just became profitable, I believe, a quarter or two ago. George, what was it, like six months ago? Yeah. What? No, not yeah. even. It was maybe four, four months ago. It's the last quarter? Yeah, it was the last. Uh, well, I don't know, because I don't know how their, how their quarters are. I think they're on a different, on a different quarter system. Okay. So like, but like a third of a year ago, we'll just say that whenever that, whenever the quarter ended, well, that was when it happened mm-hmm. for profitability. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say probably around December, give or take a month. Um, I would say okay. that was probably, that was probably when they, when they became profitable and that was a big deal back then, but um, we are kind of running out of time here. So Ben, um, I'll let you finish up any thoughts. And also, we don't, we'd love to have you back on again, and I think that would be the plan. So. Mm-hmm. Be here. I, would, I would love to do that. So to conclude on the Moderna piece is that they hope to start clinical trials on this vaccine, so actually trying out human patients as early as July. And I know that that might seem like a long time away, and for some, it, it definitely is. Um, but the fact of the matter is that science is very, very slow. It's a, it's a tedious process um, that has to preserve its accuracy and its precision in order to really be successful. Mm -hmm. So these things take time. Everything's in the preclinical phase as of right now. Um, So the updates can be kind of slow and sometimes seem tedious. Um, And that's just the nature of science, unfortunately. So I expect to see a lot more clinical trials of probably the hundreds of candidates that um, various companies across the United States and the world have have found um, to see what is going to be the most effective and what'll happen. Really, I think in terms of flattening the curve, be skeptical of everything reopening and be safe out there is the best advice that I can give you. Mm-hmm. But still try to minimize your contact with other people. Um, but as we're far at- as it and medicine goes, we're on the up and up. And uh, I hope that we can do that. So take care, everybody. That's all, that's all I have mm-hmm. to say. But it's been a pleasure being here. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity to speak. And I hope to do that another time. Thank you guys very much. This is Business Blues. Thanks, Ben. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks. See you guys.